2: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You
1: are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Now that I host a gambling podcast, I keep an eye on the betting lines a little more closely. How about the over-under with the Patriots and the Steelers Thursday night? Would anybody like to take a guess when those powerhouse offenses get together, Todd? Todd? Steelers, five and a half. No, no, the over-under.
4: Oh, sorry, over-under, I'm going to say 38 and a half.
3: All right, Seton, over-under, Thursday night, Patriots-Steelers. Uh, the over-under, I'm going to say is 24 and a half. 24 and a half. <laughs> I'll ask. All right, Marvin. <laughs> 28 and a half. All right, Paulie. Zappy Trubisky shootout? Question mark. Uh, 33 and a half? 30. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> the lowest NFL total since 1993. <laughs> Brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Al Michaels is not going to be in a good mood on Thursday night. Just saying. Dan Orlowski always in a good mood. Segway. He'll be on the call Monday night matchup between the Titans Dolphins on the Mothership 815 Eastern. Jeremy Fowler, Louis Riddick, Laura Rutledge, Packers Giants. That'll be on ABC at the same time. You can catch Dan every weekday at 4 Eastern on the Mothership's NFL Live, which is where I saw him yesterday breaking down Caleb Williams which we'll get to in a moment. I thought you did a wonderful job with this. All right. Um, What's the difference between an ankle sprain and a high ankle sprain for Trevor Lawrence? And what will that mean for his availability, mobility coming up this weekend against the Browns?
5: I think first of all, it's which leg it's on is is pretty big deal. I mean, it's on his right leg. So, you know, Dan, I think two things that Trevor has done to ascend this year. One, he's made big boy throws down the field. That really wasn't like a significant part of his game in the first two years. And you can't do that a ton unless you're the ability to push off that right leg and drive the ball downfield and then the second thing he's used his legs to break teams back in big situations that's the patrick that's the josh allen's that's the lamars when you will three or four times a game run on third and eight for first down so that's going to impact the two things that he's kind of taking steps in this year um You know, if you go back, Patrick did it last year and, you know, was able to survive, 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 and then get it to a point where they had that break right before the Super Bowl to play his best. I think that's got to be Jacksonville's hope is that continue to play good enough football, stay in the playoff race, obviously, win their division and get them as healthy as they can for their kind of playoff run. Um, You know, the difference between the, the traditional ankle and high ankle, you know, I had cankles, so I didn't really have an issue with uh, <laughs> ankle sprains that much. I don't want to pretend that I'm a doctor, but I do kind of just on the field. I think those are the two biggest impacts.
3: How does the Zach Wilson story happen? Oh, my gosh, dude. Uh, it happened. It the,
5: like with, with regards to the leak and how it gets out and all that stuff there's got to be people that have motives you know, there's no other way that that news gets out and that detail is getting shared unless there's people within that organization that are trying to smear that young man whether you, whether like people sit there and say he deserves it because he's being soft or you're like oh my gosh i feel so bad for the young man the only way that that news gets broken, it is that there are people who think if the story's true, that him not wanting to play is a joke, that he's being sought, that he's being a baby, that and they're trying to smear his name because of it, or because the conversation has become now in, in parts, is Robert Sala's job safe? that that there's people trying to project or excuse me protect the potential jobs of people that's the only two ways
3: yeah i'm just trying to figure out like he's already smeared himself by the way he's played i don't know if you need to sabotage his character moving forward that will stay with him the rest of his career
5: Sure, I, I, and that that's that's a, like a that that's a vantage point that is valued. It's, so then, it's if if you don't think it's because people are trying to smear his name, then I would say it, it's because people are trying to protect their own names, or people are trying to protect. Oh well, is Joe Douglas's job on the line? Is Robert Sala's job on the line? You know, like then then it's are, we, are the, Is there someone trying to protect? protect that narrative
3: what role does rogers play in this
5: um you know like i watched him on pat show yesterday and i thought he was really good and transparent and honest about a lot of different stuff and 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 um like i don't want to see emotional but you felt the genuine anger that he has with it all Aaron's one of the faces of the league, obviously, and he's been kind of at the top of the mountain. I don't know if he's been through anything like this though. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's been through and he even said it when, when the organization, um, when you're, you have an organization that has issues within it, like it, it seems the, the Jets have, that's a problem. So I think his experience of being a part of a premier organization is only valued. Um, but at some point, it, it, it's it got to stop with some of the, the foolishness that's going on in New York.
3: Dan Orlovsky of the Mothership, part of NFL Live, former uh, NFL quarterback. It feels like the Eagles are suddenly vulnerable, Dan. They went from mm-hmm. the, the best team in football to, oh, what's wrong with the Eagles? You got the Cowboys game. I think they're at Seattle after that. Yeah, they could very likely lose those games. Now, all of a sudden, if Dallas wins, Dallas may be going from a five seed, moving up to win the division. Is Philadelphia vulnerable?
5: Uh, Absolutely. So in regards to Dallas, I think they're the team in the NFC that needs the one seed the most. I think Miami needs the one seed the most in the AFC. If we just specifically to Philadelphia, they are not the same team as last year. They are not nearly as dominant. They do not control games and, and dominate teams as much. They're vulnerable because of this game. While they were still winning, it was because teams were allowing them to stay in the game by own self-inflicted wounds. And they, you have to give them credit. They were clutch. Like I remember, a couple weeks ago, you just can't kill Jalen Hurts. If you if you allow Jalen to stay in the game, he has got that that gene. Okay, um, number one, offensive line wise, they are not dominating the line of scrimmage. We did a huge conversation yesterday on their offense and how they're seeing two safeties more than they have, and and they're not like dominating. When I you hear when you guys watch football, you hear everyone say, "Well, this offensive line, they're 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 changing the line of scrimmage." They're not doing that right now. And is it because they're older? Is is it because some guys have missed? I don't know. Jalen's not running as much. I think the knee, there's something more to the knee than is being led on. So they're not dominating the line of scrimmage on offense. I don't know if they know who they are identity-wise on offense. I think they've been good situationally, but identity-wise. And then defensively, when it comes to playing teams that are good offenses, they struggle in zone coverage because their linebackers aren't disciplined with their eyes and they can't play man coverage because they don't have enough people. Their third or fourth coverage guys are not. good. They're not, they're struggling in man. So yeah, they're vulnerable now. They're 10 and two. And if they go down and win this week, they're going to be the one seed. Um, But in the context of they were the second best team in football last year, they don't, top to bottom, look like the second best team in football this year.
3: Okay, but more likely to get back to the Super Bowl, Kansas City or Philadelphia?
5: Uh, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, One, because I think if San Francisco plays their best, they're the best team in football. Um, Again, back to Jalen's knee, I think that's a conversation for Philadelphia. Kansas City, I mean... The AFC playoff picture right now has me, you, <laughs> my two sons playing quarterback for four teams. And so it's it's kind of this group of Miami, Kansas City, and Baltimore that at least we'll see what happens with Trevor Lawrence, but like that we feel really good about or most confident in. Uh, am I concerned about Kansas City still with their, their mishaps on offense and the, the miscommunication between Patrick and the wide receivers and the tackles? Absolutely. Um, that's no longer something that I can overlook. And if Miami gets the one seed, I do think that's a tall task to to go and stop that offense down there. But I do think um, because of how good their defense is, they'll be in every game.
3: I was watching yesterday when you broke down Caleb Williams. And I thought it was interesting because of what structure is in the NFL and what structure is or can be or lack of structure in college. And Caleb Williams... You know, not going to play in the bowl game, which I have no problem with. But then you talked about is he really six one? Um, you know, I, I guess give a little bit of the uh, yeah. Cliff Notes version of of how you broke down Caleb yesterday.
5: Yeah, I, I think it starts with this. He's he's listed at six one two ten. So what what is his size actually? that starting point. And the reason why I think that's going to matter for teams, and that's going to be again a, a preference thing, Dan. If we find who are the last like four or five quarterbacks, and I've been swayed in this world to be honest, that were like the not the biggest guys and went early. So, Baker Mayfield, he's kind of had this roller coaster of a career. I'm a Baker guy, but he hasn't played like the number one pick. Tyler Murray, um, Bryce Young, obviously, this year. Uh, so, some of the smaller stature guys. They haven't necessarily excelled. And I do think that there's some fair conversation because if you are a smaller guy, I think Kurt Warner talks about this all the time. You get, you better be awesome in structure. You better be an absolute dude when it comes to like seeing it and throwing it and playing with the anticipation of ball placement. So Caleb's not the biggest person. Teams aren't going to like that. Drake may is massive. He's, he is your prototype. Okay. Um, and then I think when, when it comes to the auto structure in structure conversation, number one, he's unbelievable out of structure. When, when the play isn't there on like on the field, as we expect it to be on paper and he's got to go make something out of nothing. He's awesome. He is Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Lamar in that regard. Uh, he does that a lot. He does not do in structure often. And the reason why, or you you start to ask yourself, well, why didn't he? One, was he asked to do it a lot in Lincoln's offense? Did like de- did Lincoln and Ryan like, demand it from him and stress it from him? Cause look at CJ Stroud. Ryan Dave demands that of his quarterbacks in college. Well, watch CJ Stroud and right now. He's unbelievable. Uh, number two, they had to score 40 points a game at USC to win this year. So you're naturally going to be big play oriented. I can't check the ball down because if it, I check the ball down, are, the other teams get a score in 90 seconds. Yeah. And then three is probably one of the best athletes on the field every time. So you you naturally lean into that. So I just think that there there's going to be some very – there's going to be teams that are sitting there going, how much – Like, can we get this young man to play in structure on a consistent basis? Because we're seeing that, Dan, and I know I'm going here, but, like, we're seeing that be demanded of quarterbacks to be good in the NFL more now than we did five or six years ago. We just are with the style of defense.
3: Yeah, I'm just wondering if Caleb has to fit into a team or a team fits to Caleb. Like, used to be when you drafted a quarterback, you're like, come on into our system. Now it feels like teams are saying we're we're going to adapt to your system. The Bears are already in that system with Justin Fields, right? Yes. Where where you got to improvise, and not that that's what you want to do, but it. But I don't know if that means a better fit for Caleb Williams with the Bears than say somebody else.
5: Yeah. So first of all, if you take Caleb Williams, you absolutely build around what he's. Tremendous at but you also have to have the people on your staff that are going to develop him with the places He's not tremendous at because if you don't develop that part of his game He never gets the consistent opportunity To have the things that he is rare at be the be the forefront the the teams defenses won't allow it They're too smart and they're too good Um, and, And in regards to Chicago, Obviously the conversation is gonna be is that the coaching staff that's gonna be there and, and, and having that decision, is Ryan Poles their general manager gonna say, Hey, you know, didn't necessarily develop Justin the way I wanted, you know, so to speak. So if they move on from Justin and that coaching staff, then who's the people that get to steward if it's Caleb or a Drake May, you know, with that first pick? But hundred percent you 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 build around his skill set if he's your if he's your pick.
3: We appreciate your time. know you're busy. Thanks for uh, taking a couple minutes. Thanks, guys. All right. That's Dan Orlovsky of the Mothership. He'll be on the call Monday Night Football. So you have a double header Monday night. Uh, Actually, it's a single header. Aren't they together? Simultaneous. Simultaneous header. Simulcast? Yes. Uh, 8-15 Eastern uh, Titans Dolphins. And then the Packers and the Giants kick off Simultaneously on ABC. You can catch Dan every uh, weekday for Eastern on the Mothership's NFL Live. Play of the days up next. Be sure to catch the
1: live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
8: Include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win, or rent frenzies.
7: There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. All right. Phone calls coming up. I want to check in with Jeff Passon of the Mothership. He's at the uh, winter meetings and uh, providing reports, updates on Sports Center baseball tonight from Nashville. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Um, what is the directive from Shohei Otani's people to teams interested in signing him in free agency? um don't talk about it <laughs> did they actually say I, don't talk? i mean dave roberts yes, talked yes. about it
6: yeah. yeah he talked about it and i you know i hope for the sake of dave roberts that Shohei Otani goes to the Los Angeles Dodgers because if ever the question were out there, like, did he not go because he happened to make the grave mistake of acknowledging that the most money team in baseball is going after the most money free agency. And I, you know, when when I look at what the important things are to Shohei Ohtani. It's going to be winning at the top and nobody provides a better ability to win than the Los Angeles Dodgers who year after year are atop their division and uh, have the highest payrolls. And it's why it's impressive that the Toronto Blue Jays are in as much as they are in the Otani sweepstakes, at this point,
3: okay. If we weren't sure why Dave Roberts spoke, the Dodger manager, but then we thought maybe, maybe he's got Otani. Maybe he feels like you know this is a victory lap without declaring victory. No, 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 it's, no? No, it's no. not there. Okay.
6: No, okay, no, no, nobody feels good at this point. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on. The the secretive nature of this whole thing is, um, it's it's just it's. I feel like it's a wasted opportunity for Major League Baseball. Yes, we should be celebrating this. And and here's the thing. I think there is a way that Shohei Otani can keep the privacy that he wants while leveraging all of the things that exist in modern society to help both yourself and baseball. And, And here's what I mean by that. It's not like every time he goes and visits a team, he needs to sit there and have a press conference and talk about it and say this and say that. All he has to do is just take a picture in front of a stadium and people are going to go nuts. Like, oh my God, he's actually visiting this team right now. It's my team. He might sign I and and beyond that the idea be so 2023 when when you have social media at your disposal you have the ability to leverage a narrative in your favor unlike anything we have ever seen in media history and not taking advantage of that i'm not sure it would get him paid more it probably would but it certainly would be the sort of thing that i think would help Baseball and help Major League Baseball, this sport that has such a a difficult time permeating the consciousness of of sports in America, to do so in the middle of an NFL season, Dan. Like, that is an opportunity you're just not going to find with other players because other players are not of Shohei Otani's caliber.
3: Um, Seton, would you ask Jeff the poll question?
8: Yeah, uh, today's poll question we have, would you, uh, paying Shohei Ohtani $500 million plus is either A, a smart investment on and off the field, or too much of a risk with his elbow issues?
6: Um, a, a thousand times. B, like, I don't know how many people are saying B. Um, it, it's, it's not just... The question about the elbow, right? You need to look at Otani holistically. Um, let's start here. Aaron Judge got three hundred sixty million dollars. He was a year older than Otani when he reached free agency. Both of them were coming off of MVP seasons, um, so so you can reasonably say, Dan, that Otani is in the three hundreds. Let's let's just say four hundred million, right? Let's just say four hundred million for the bat. Alone. Okay. And I know judge judge plays defense. So it's a little bit different, but I, I still don't think it's unreasonable for 400 million, but, but the, the, the money beyond that, that he generates through his Otonyness, through the fact that he is the most popular human being in the country of Japan. So you have this international aspect and all of the sponsorship opportunities and everything that can supercharge you as an organization financially, especially if you leverage it the right way. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to put a small number on this for what's expected to be a decade plus long deal. Let's say it's a hundred million right there. We're at 500 already. We're at 500 without even factoring in (laughs) that he's been a Cy Young caliber pitcher in the past. And look, I have a lot of experience writing about Tommy John surgery and elbow issues. And I understand that generally guys who have two Tommy Johns within a five-year span – did not find a whole lot of long-term success when he came over from Japan was presuming that he's the same as everyone else he's not he is and this is not to suggest he is going to definitively come back and be the pitcher that he was beforehand I, I don't think anyone knows that at this point but the idea that we're going to discount Otani from doing something because history tells us others haven't is a fool's errand and a mistake that i'm not going to make twice
3: what is the time frame
6: i get the sense that a choice will probably be made toward the i guess we're getting toward the end of this week around the end of this week and the the physical process is going to be something that's very real and very stringent Um, you know they're going to need to do a lot of imaging, uh, you know, a GM who's not involved in the process that I think Otani's going to live in the MRI tube, whenever, you know, this is done because <laughs> they, they need to be confident that if they're going out and giving the biggest contract in North American sports history, Dan, you know, a, a deal that, I think in the end is probably going to be closer to 600 million than it is 500 million. If they're giving that out to the guy, then, uh, you know, they need every last bit of confidence that they're not buying damaged goods or that they don't, you know, that something doesn't exist that they don't know about. Um, so if, if that happens, that's probably going to take a couple of days. And, you know, I, I get the sense that at some point early next week, we're going to find out what team he's playing for.
3: Uh, I wish baseball could celebrate this. It's a shame. You know,
6: that- you know. Let, let me say this, Dan, I, I feel like by us talking about this right now, it is a little bit of a celebration. And, and the idea that we're putting a damper on this because of a bad decision to try and mute people. Yeah. Like it, it's not looking at what, you know, we want what it should be, but I'm not going to look at what it is and lament it too much because we're going to have Otani playing somewhere. That's going to be an unbelievable story. And and still, you know, he's going to go out and do his thing. And this, you know, this offseason that uh, has revolved around him, uh, Juan Soto is very likely going to get traded today and it's looking more and more like it's going to be the new york yankees um you know yoshinobu yamamoto is going to sign somewhere and it's going to be a ridiculous frenzy with the mets and the yankees and the dodgers and the red sox and the cubs and the blue jays and the giants i mean all of the big name teams and big money teams are going to be in on yamamoto um, I think it's kind of a cool off season and it is as much as we wish Otani were something different. Uh, I just don't want to waste a whole lot of time, my time personally, uh, sitting there and saying, well, what could have been, you know, I could have been six, three, I'm five, nine, Dan, and it's not great, but you know what? I make the best of it
3: with your hair. You're six foot but uh jeff we I,
6: I might be that's their point <laughs> uh,
3: have fun in nashville thanks for joining us as always
6: my apologies for the lateness but thank you for uh for accommodating that's... time zones are the worst
3: jeff Passon of the mothership he's there providing updates on sports center and baseball tonight yeah he kind of threw in there juan soto the yankees Uh, This Japanese pitcher that I talked about, you know, sometimes you go, I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce that that guy's name. You know, like the Greek freak got so good that you had to learn how to pronounce his name. D.J. D.J. Weunglele. You had to learn how to. By the way, is he transferring to Florida State rumors? Could he play this year? (laughs) Could he (laughs) could he be in the bowl game? Can we do a uh, like an HOV lane in the portal? Like you can get there and you can play this season. Yes, Todd.
4: Does he know he won't be playing for a national championship no matter what he
3: does?
4: Wow. He 50 touchdown passes and complete every pass.
3: Uh, Brian in Florida. Hi, Brian. What's on your mind today?
4: DP, good morning. New morning. Front row, back row, uh, first time, long time, 5'11, 5'38 waist. Dan, I just wanted to get your opinion. I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but look at those resumes of Georgia and Alabama. It kind of raises some questions for me. know, given the fact that the Tide lost the 10 at home, had some close games against A&M, South Florida. Obviously, if they don't pull their hat out hat against Auburn, this wouldn't even be up for discussion. So just wanted to get your opinion on that.
3: Well, wait a minute. Are you saying that you're still saying Florida State deserves to be in there instead of Alabama?
4: No. I mean, I've been listening to your show for a long time and certainly understand it is a TV show and it's about money. But even though Alabama beat Georgia head-to-head, I would still take Georgia over Alabama. That was on the neutral field.
3: Well, if you really want to make an argument – Like, who should be in if you're saying the four best teams? Georgia is one of the four best teams in America. It's a bad timing loss. The bad timing board goes to Georgia. Is Georgia better than Florida State? Absolutely. Are they better than Washington? In my opinion, yes. And and Vegas would tell you this. So Georgia lost, but Georgia to me is one of the four best teams in America. Alabama beat Georgia, therefore the SEC champ is going to make the playoffs. I mean, Dion even said this yesterday about Florida State. It's about business. Now, he might say that because Florida State took Mike Norvell over him as their head coach, but that's his alma mater. But, you know, we keep Florida State. I understand you did everything you're supposed to do. Sometimes that's not good enough in something that is subjective. And that's what this
7: is. Yes, Barb. And I think Georgia's getting punished because had they had lost week two, yeah. they'd be in. But it's when they lost. Yeah. And I feel bad for Georgia more so than Florida State because they won the past two national championships. And like Rick Flayer said, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. And no one's beat them in the playoffs in two years. So
3: They won 29 in a row. They won back-to-back national titles. Granted, they're not as good this year as they were. Okay. Are they better than Florida State? Then the answer is yes. No matter who's quarterbacking Florida State, I think Georgia is still a better team. Final hour on the way. Robert Griffin, Jr. third, the former Heisman winner, will join us. Get some more phone calls
1: coming up. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
8: Include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine and there's always new timed events that will help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies
7: there's always something fun to discover in monopoly go so get off the bench and go download it for free right now on google play or the app store game on
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex
3: did you ever play the over under game with your friends you know think i can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds or i don't know
2: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos.
3: Tailgate moonshine's available. It's peppermint bark. It's available at danpatrick.com. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Robert Griffin III, ESPN College Football NFL analyst and a winner of the Heisman in 2011 when he played at Baylor. Where is the Heisman Trophy right now?
9: Well, the Heisman Trophy is in my closet right now. For 10 years, it was with my mom and dad, and uh, we just recently got it back. With a bunch of moves going on, had to make sure it was secure. So, you know, I gave it to the parents because they helped me uh, accomplish all my goals and dreams. So, I felt like it should be with them. Okay, so where are you going to display it in your home? Uh, in my home, it'll still be in the closet. Uh, I'm not the guy that that holds up a shrine to himself or puts a bunch of trophies up and all that. If you if you really know me and you can uh, get to the closet, then you'll get a chance to see the husband. Wow. I mean, is it a walk-in closet? Is it a, you know big closet? Clothes yeah, in there? It's a big closet. It's not like you know shuttered or anything. It's uh, okay. we double double-wooded the top of the of the shelves to just be able to put any awards that me and my wife as well. She's uh you know Estonian heptathlete. Went to Florida State. Uh, you know a heptathlon record holder there at Florida State. So we put all our trophies around the top. And that's the only way you'll get to see him. Okay.
3: Did your wife ask why Florida State was not in the Final Four?
9: Yeah, she she did, but she um she was pretty outraged about it as well, and then, and so was I. I thought the committee certainly got it wrong and sent the wrong message to all the fans, coaches, and uh, everyone out there that follows the sport. Well, okay. Is Florida State better than Georgia? Um, according to the committee, they are. Do you think Florida State is better than Georgia? The real question is, did Florida State earn a right to play in the college football playoff? And yes, they did. That's the question. Well, I think that's open to interpretation.
3: Because we assume you go undefeated, that means you get to play. It's it's open to interpretation. It's the no. human element. Yes, it is. Oh, it's not? Yes, because Florida State's not in the Final Four. So, they, not open it's open it it was
9: that's why they're not in the committee And well, I, w- I watched the show yesterday and heard you talk to booger so um I know how you feel about this and you feel like it's all about the money it and is yeah but the question for me is the college what is the college football playoffs committee's selection committee what is their job their job is to put the four best teams in yeah. correct it should be but that's their job right it should be Okay, so if the job is to put the four best teams in, how are they breaking down the criteria for what the four best teams are?
3: It's the eye test for them, I guess.
9: We're not doing computers. No, they're they're doing everything. They have the system set up so well that you can't point to one thing to say, gotcha, this is why they got it wrong. They're taking in conference championships, they're taking in the eye test, common opponents, a whole bunch of elements to determine who the four best teams are. Mm-hmm. So if you have these conference champions, and they're all similar because they're conference champions, if one is undefeated from a Power Five conference, they've earned the right to play in the college football playoff, period. End of story. We don't- Otherwise, otherwise now you're taking into account, you're favoring one conference over another conference. And if they're both undefeated, listen, that is open to interpretation. But when you have an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, they have earned the right to be in the college football playoff. Because otherwise, me and you could sit here and make the argument that Georgia should be in the college football playoff because they were number one in the committee's rankings for three straight weeks. And you're telling me that a one-loss Georgia wouldn't beat or be favored against almost every team that's in the college football playoff? They're not the, the four best teams in. They're not, and Joe- in that case, what they did to Florida State is completely wrong. All right. Well, we got Georgia against Florida State,
3: right? Yeah, and how many guys do you think are going to opt out of that? <laughs> well, okay, it, it, come on. It might be the opt out. That's all these bowl games. I'm looking at all <laughs> these games, these matchups, Robert. Right. Every team has their quarterback in the portal. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. There's 1,100 kids in the portal. Yeah. It's bad.
9: It's it's uh I put it this way, I've got two bowl games, uh, and in both bowl games I think both quarterbacks from both teams will not be playing in the game. It's it's uh it's utterly ridiculous from that standpoint. And I just had Marcus Freeman on my show, RG Three and the Ones, uh talking about, you know, what's your what's your pitch to the players to actually play in this game? And it, it, it all revolves around, you know. Standing by your brothers. There's teams that are going to ask, "Hey, why didn't you play in this game?" And I think it's it varies from like a first round guy. If you're going to be a top ten pick and you're not playing for a national title, I, I understand. Um, but there's going to be so many opt outs of guys that are going to be getting drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round because they just don't they don't see the reward in playing the game uh, based off the risk that that there's going to be there. Uh, and when you talk about this Florida State Georgia game, it's it just goes back to Florida State without their quarterback isn't better than Alabama or. Texas how on the hell are they better than Georgia, but the committee put them in front of Georgia and yeah. now we're going to have that game. And some people are going to use that game <laughs> yes. as a parameter to <laughs> say, see, this is what happened. But I, I'm just, I'm going about this in a way that I don't think that every player from Georgia or every player from Florida state that led to them getting to where they are right now is going to play in the game. Yeah. It just seemed like it's going to happen.
3: Robert Griffin III joining us uh, on behalf of the uh, More Than a Trophy campaign designed to create greater awareness of the charitable impact and uh, the programs from the Heisman Trust beyond the annual trophy ceremony. And uh, his new podcast is RG3 and the Ones. Anything you want to add to uh, More Than a Trophy campaign?
9: Yeah, Dan. I mean, really, the the Heisman Trophy Trust. Their their whole focus right now is just letting people know that they do more than just hand out the Heisman Trophy. I mean, we got the humanitarian award this year. That's going to Solomon Thomas from the uh, New York Jets, a defensive end. Uh, the trust has donated over twenty five million dollars. You know, especially to programs like the the high school Heisman program that they have. And for me personally, being able to work with them, you know, since I won the award in two thousand and eleven, uh, has truly been a joy. And and they do so much in the community. They, they've helped me do so much in the community, giving back and and, and helping uh, with food insecurity. Um, that I felt like it was it was very warranted to come on here and, and not just sing their praises, but also be excited about the guys that we have potentially coming to join that Heisman fraternity. Uh, I think they're all worthy of the award. Talking about uh, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and of course Marvin Harrison Jr. out there playing like his daddy. Um, it, it's really cool to to see these guys have an opportunity to to join this fraternity. And I look forward to the ceremony uh, coming up on Saturday.
3: Who do you think will win?
9: Whew. that's a good, that's a great question, Dan. You know, you've been in this business a very long time, so you know I can't disclose my vote. Um, but who or, who do you think will win? That doesn't mean who, who you voted for. Who do you think yeah, will win? As yeah. you've, you've been in the industry a long time, so you know how to answer the questions. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, collectively around the country, you'll see that Jaden Daniels probably um, did the most to to win the award Uh, passing yards, touchdowns, all very similar to Bo Nix. Michael Penix Jr. led the country in passing yards, uh, but it was what Jaden Daniels did on the ground, rushing for 1,000 yards, only player in college football to have 3,500 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing. Uh, There was just so much there. And Bo Nix, I feel like, had an opportunity to win it in the Pac-12 championship game, Uh, but because he got beat twice by Michael Penix Jr., uh, there might be some people that put a damper on that, but I could see it being a a blowout race for Jaden Daniels, I could also see it being very close because uh, this year there's a lot of worthy uh, finalists.
3: Who turned in the greatest season in your recent memory uh, that a uh, quarterback has? What's the uh, one that stands out more than any?
9: Yeah, I mean, I think I know where you're going with this. For For me, it was probably Joe Burrow. Uh, the LSU year the, uh, just talked to him on the sideline uh of the bengals Jags Monday Night football game um you know with his injury and we we're talking about that year <laughs> they were just so dominant um and it's just funny because Jaden Daniels had a better year uh statistically than Joe Burrow did that season and we saw how Joe Burrow ran away with the Heisman Trophy so um it's uh it's one of those deals of it's pretty really impressive year. Uh, what Jaden Daniels did,
3: but you look back, um, Manziel had an unbelievable year. Uh, you did cam. Um, I don't know who else you spring, you know, Burrow, obviously in there, anybody else that you throw Caleb Williams, the year, the previous one was a great year, by the way, any problem with him not playing in the bowl game?
9: Uh, I don't have a problem with Caleb not playing in the bowl game. Um, is that, is that out there that he's not playing? I think so, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, I got no problem. Like I said, I called Kenny Pickett's game um, when he had the fake slide with Mark Jones and Clint Kessinick, and then we had their bowl game, and Kenny didn't play in their bowl game, and we all understood why. Like, there's an opportunity there to go, um, you know, make generational wealth. And I've got no problem with Caleb not playing this year in a bowl game because last year he played in the bowl game when he wasn't even 75% healthy. So I think he's proven that he's willing to put it all on the line for his guys. And in this moment, if he is going to go pro uh, and decides not to play that bowl game, then I don't think anybody should hold that against him. We had
3: Dan Orlovsky on first hour, and we were talking about structure in college or lack of structure, that Caleb was wonderful out of structure. (laughs) But in the NFL, you have to have structure. Yeah. You have to be able to at some point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he wondered about that, that he was sort of out of structure because they had to score 40 points. You know, maybe Lincoln Riley didn't say, hey, I need you to do this. Like, he had to improvise a lot. That transition from what you can get away with college to what you can get away with in the pros, how big of a transition is that for quarterbacks who are similar athletically to Caleb?
9: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the answer to the question specifically is that the windows in the NFL are tighter and, and it's not just because the hash marks are closer together. Uh, it's because the guys are bigger, they're faster. There's a better understanding of how uh, NFL defenses are trying to attack an NFL offense. Now, do I think that that could be thrown off? 100% it could be thrown off. Look at what, what Chip Kelly did with the Eagles in his first year. Um, it's just the concepts in the NFL have become so repeatable that if you've been in the league for seven years, you've Seen every single route tree and combination that there is known to man in those NFL offenses, so they're they're a little bit faster to like understand things are happening. And there's no there's not as many fishes what we call them on the field where you go into the game and you're like, all right, this safety or this corner is the worst player on the field. We gotta attack him. You know, you're basically attacking all Americans from college at every stop that you go in the NFL. So I think that is a little bit of adjustment for guys. The game is a little bit faster, but I think it's a, it's just simply a talking point when guys bring up the fact that Caleb Williams didn't play within structure. I don't think that's real. I think what happens with Caleb Williams is he goes through the structure and then because he's so dynamic after the play breaks down that is what we focus on so we see all the highlight reel runs and the highlight reel scrambles but this guy does play within structure And he went to a quarterback camp called the qb collective which has guys like the kyle shanahan's and the mike mcdaniels and the sean McVays. and he worked with them at a very young age and i can tell you right now the nfl scouts and nfl coaches cannot wait to get their hands on caleb williams they know he can play within structure they just love the fact that he can be creative outside side of it a la patrick mahomes
3: you had world-class speed but let's look at tyreek hill's speed <laughs> how would you describe there's fast and then yeah. fast guys looking at somebody saying that guy's fast
9: oh yeah 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 tyreek is um he's uh he's instant grits you know what i mean like when he, as soon as he puts his foot down he's at full speed and i think that's the difference Uh, I appreciate you saying that I have world class speed, um, have world class speed, uh, but there's a difference between like Do you still have world class speed. Yes, I do. There's uh, there's a difference between Usain Bolt on a track uh, having world class speed and then being able to have that translate on a football field. If Usain Bolt and Tyreek raced, I certainly believe that Usain Bolt is winning that race. But when you talk about being able to run and cut and change direction and catch the ball and get vertical and break down and come out of your break, that's where just Tyreek, he sets himself apart from everybody else in the league. I just had him on the show on RG3 and the Ones, and he was talking about how he's trying to put on for short kings, and he's doing that. Uh, their Tyreek Hills do not grow on trees. And because his ability, as soon as he puts his foot down, he's at full speed. That's why you see DB so afraid to cover him. And they, they really can't cover him. He has to make a mistake for them to be able to cover him. And I think we've seen that this year as he's on pace to, you know, break that 2000 yard barrier. And I think he should be the MVP right now.
3: Okay. If I did a 60 yard dash,
9: yep. Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt. Yep. Who wins? Yeah, I mean, 60 yard dash. Uh, Usain Bolt's won in that race. Not right now. I don't know. Oh, don't don't play. Don't don't do not do not play do not do not do not do that. Tyreek in a 60, and a 60, In a 40, a f- In a 40. Uh, okay, can he beat him in a 40? In a 40, he could. Tyreek has a chance. Okay, but, he has a chance. But even on a track, if you put Tyreek in a 40 in comparison to Usain Bolt on a track, yeah, Usain Bolt wins that race. There's a difference between track speed and football speed. I'm telling you. go Okay, look at, what if we put him on the football field? What if we did? Yeah, there's a video out there of Usain Bolt running a 40 at, like, some event. and Maybe it was around the Super Bowl or something, and he went <laughs> in flats, and he ran, like, a four four one. one So, <laughs> I, don't, don't get it twisted. Okay. All my people that are listening right now okay. understand that I know the difference between track feet, speed and football speed. Tyreek Hill is the fastest human being that plays football. Okay. Period. End of story. He's not faster than Usain Bolt. Did you reach out to the Jets to try to play quarterback for them? You mean like Colin Kaepernick? <laughs>
3: I did not. You I did not. not. I, I didn't. Do but that. but there are stories that you've offered your services.
9: Um, Cleveland? Oh no no no, I haven't I haven't um I personally have not reached out to a team to say yeah. Has a representative has I mean, a but, representative uh, reached out? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, representatives reach out all the time, you Well, know? but they have to have your approval. <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, no they don't. If, if you have an agent, if you have an agent and someone's reaching out to teams on on your behalf, they don't ask you if they can reach out to that team. They just reach out to the team. So well, what, I'll, uh, what I'll say is what I have done is yeah. I have publicly stated that, uh, I can play. I'm willing and able to play. I want to play, and if a team just so happens to call my number, <laughs> I'm ready to play. I have said that. I said the Browns should have signed me. I thought they should have. Okay. They didn't. When went with Joe Flacco. Guess what? Joe Flacco looked really good this past week. For a guy that's just coming off, off the couch, he looked really good going out there playing. And I'm sure the Jets wish they had Joe Flacco right now. Yeah. Or Zach Wilson, because they need him back badly.
3: Okay, what do you make of the Zach Wilson situation here? <laughs> How does this happen,
9: Robert? It's so funny, man. I I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is 100% right when he talks about the sources in the building going out there and trying to undercut Zach Wilson now. That is completely wrong. Uh, I'm sure Rodgers has experienced it at some point in his career. I certainly did. That's not what winning organizations do. So I agree with him on that. For the Zach Wilson thing, to me it was hilarious watching the clip of him and Aaron on the sideline because – Uh, It definitely looked like Aaron said something along the lines of, yeah, and they thought you were the problem. When you get someone else out there and you now cut the guy that you benched Zach Wilson for and are now starting another guy, I mean, it, it, it was clear to me, and I've said it, it wasn't all on Zach Wilson. They only started the other guys because they felt like they had to do something. Now they're seeing that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback they have on the team that's healthy, and they need to start, and He's and he should play. And I don't think that he's shying away from wanting to play. It's just a matter of the team having his best interest at heart. And that's, I think, the the real point, and Booger brought this
3: up. They've quit on him. Yeah. Like they kicked him to the curb. Put him in, let him play, let him play the rest of the year. Tim Boyle is not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. Might be great in the quarterback room. Trevor Simeon is not a starting quarterback. If, if we're going to find out about Zach Wilson, let's find out. Now you're going to find out more about him than you will at any other point in his life, in his career. When he's down, now let's see what you got. Throw him in there. Let him go. Good or bad, he's not going to be with the team next year. Feels like some coaches are covering up for themselves, trying to protect themselves, that it's Zach Wilson's the issue, not them.
9: Man, that's a strong statement, and, and I don't disagree with it at all. I think two reasons they need to start Zach Wilson. One, he's the best quarterback they have. That is clear and evident, and he's the most talented quarterback that they have. And at this point, like you said, his response, what do you do when, when you're completely backed into a corner, but you literally have nothing to lose? Yeah. You will not be here next year. Yeah. Go out there, let that dog hunt. And, I mean, would you say the Jets season is over right now? Yeah then they have nothing to lose putting Zach Wilson back out there. Let him go play and 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 put him in the best position to be successful. Throw, let, him th- let him throw the ball 45 times. I don't know. They can't run it. So mm-hmm. you might as well let him go out there and be a gunslinger and see what he can show the rest of the league. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you, Dan. God bless
3: That's you. Uh, Robert Griffin, Jr., the third part of the uh, Heisman Trust, the more than a trophy campaign. Also his podcast, RG3 and the ones take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn what's in store tomorrow, right after this.